Hello, my dear friends, and thank you for tuning in to the Painting Pictures Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Roberts, and I'm coming to you from Craftsbury, Vermont, on Easter Sunday. It's a very, very quiet Easter Sunday out there. Uh, it's Sunday, it's a holiday, and of course the uh, coronavirus is uh, in full effect, so it's a, it's a nice quiet morning out there. My wife and I went for a run and got a little sun on our faces, and that felt good. That felt better than, uh, than reading a whole bunch of articles about current events felt this morning, <laughs> surprisingly. You know, those two things, it's like, you kind of might think that those would uh, make you feel about the same way, but they really don't. I've got an interview to share with you today. This is another old friend. This is uh, Mr. Jeff Crisco, old friend from high school who lives out in Carmichael, California. Uh, if you want to know exactly where he lives, just listen very closely to this podcast. I think you'll probably you could probably find his house. And um, so, you know, just if you needed to go talk to him or something. Wow, that was a long pause, huh? I was literally sitting there holding my breath because I didn't want to say, um, because I didn't know what to say next. I've been all over the place, folks. I have been up and I have been down. I still can't quite believe my my eyes, my ears, my whatever. I guess it's mostly my brain that's processing the things I'm reading online. Uh, what a wild and wacky time we're living in, no? Um, so it's just so completely different. Everything is completely shut down. And we're all hoping, waiting and hoping, I think, that things are going to get back to normal. And I don't know when they will and for how long. I, I suspect that they will. I think that we've all heard about the curve of this virus. Um, I think that there will be a, a, a downhill curve the other side of the hump, as it were. And then, presumably, things will slowly sort of go back to normal. I know I, myself, will be happy to do all of the things that I was doing before. Although, it's been pretty great not uh, having social commitments. Like last night, for example, Saturday night, um... I didn't have anything, you know, nothing to do. I was able to go to bed at a reasonable time. My wife reorganized the whole bathroom, something that in in pre, pre-coronavirus pre days, I don't think would have happened, you know? Saturday evening from 7 to 9.30, was she really going to be organizing our bathroom? Probably not. So there are, you know, I know that this has been a very scary uh, time, I know a lot of people have died, but um, there are also things to be grateful for. <laughs> I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying to focus on that because that, 
Um, I think it's important to maintain some level of positivity through this whole thing. And uh, I'm very fortunate that my town has not been hit hard by the coronavirus. I don't know of anybody here that has gotten sick. Uh, the hospitals around here are pretty much empty, waiting for the waiting for the crush of the pandemic. I think at this point there have been close to 30 deaths in, in the great state of Vermont. And of course, most of those are in Chittenden County, where all the people are. Up here in, in Orleans County, uh, very fortunate, hasn't really touched us. And so, um, so I've got that to be grateful for. And I've got the fact that my wife can work from home to be grateful for. And the fact that I've got a project that is this 160-year-old house that that will always have something for me to do, <laughs> something to keep me busy. Um, and spring is coming, and the snow is is melting. Although we've had little returns of the snow the past couple of days, where you wake up and look out, and it looks like the middle of winter, which is at this point it's not cute anymore. <laughs> um. So I am. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to be grateful for things and continue living my life. I suppose there is. Uh, there's so much out there to analyze and digest. There's more, I think, than I could wrap my mind around. And um, I think everything is is a little bit more serious now than before sort of the implications of, of, of what's going on and the, the effects of what's going on are, are certainly uh, more serious than I've than I've known in the past. And so while there may have been things for me to read, I would I would generally um, you know my my morning perusal would 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 start with old sports.yahoo.com um, and then maybe go to a little mundo deportivo.com for the news about FC Barcelona. And then, of course, I would <clears throat> grab my phone and do a little Instagram scroll when I go to the bathroom for my morning bowel movement. Is it a morning constitutional or, or is that your walk? I don't know. What does that mean, morning constitutional? Is that your morning poop? Or is that your morning walk? <laughs> or is it one of those weird things like bi-weekly that means two different things? could be confusing, don't want to confuse walking with pooping, you know. One should take place in a very specific spot. Um, but now I can go. Oh my God, I can go so far, so so far, and fill my completely fill up my cup with things to digest. Uh, things to make me upset. <laughs> things to make me upset. Things to make me sad. So why why do I do it? Why? Because I want to know what's going on. I want to know what the heck is going on here. I want to really know what's going on. And it's really... The internet just offers this like seemingly access to all information. And so it seems like there's this task at hand whereby if I apply my mind, I can figure out what's going on. And I think what I'm discovering is that 
the only thing I can really know about is what's going on like in my house and in my community maybe and in my mind and in my heart. That's that's my domain. And so I can, you know, whatever, make it better. <laughs> that's what I should be doing. Or at least not let that suffer just because of a bunch of shit that's going on out there that I have no control over. Right? This is a lesson I'm sure a lot of you don't need to learn, but it's definitely one that I need to learn. How to balance the two. You know? Keep tabs a little bit. Keep the pulse a little bit about what's going on because you kind of want to be prepared for what's going to hit next, I guess. Kind of want to know a little bit ahead of time if I'm going to be allowed to, I don't know, go to Maine. I want to go to Maine. I want to go to the ocean. I want to do something. I mean, I, I can I can stay at home and just keep working on this house for a really long time and be t- feel totally content. But uh, spring, summer's coming up. You know, I want to go camping. You know, that kind of stuff. Um. So I just kind of want to know what's going on. <laughs> anyway, I think Jeff's the same way. He he's uh he's like a historian by nature, and he's also a fantasy sports buff. Manages a fantasy football website, and that's kind of amazing in itself that he doesn't have to get up and go to work every day. He just manages a and writes articles about fantasy sports. Isn't that great? So he's obviously figured something out. And I really enjoyed talking with him. It was nice to go back to high school a little bit. I knew that he would have a little bit of a better memory about classes and things that we learned. And uh, one quick note about high school. I recently posted something to Facebook. I shared an article that I read that uh, showed the uh, number of deaths in the United States in March 2020 which has included a great deal of this coronavirus outbreak, and compared it to deaths in uh, previous years. And the implication and the way that I, the tone in which I posted it was like, see you guys, this is really not that, <laughs> not that big of a deal. And that obviously, that got, some, that got some hot responses. That got some hot and spicy responses. People... Um, People don't didn't like the implication of, of downplaying the severity of this, particularly people that live in New York and know people that have died from this horrible, freaking, scary, scary virus. So I get that. And uh, I apologize. And it, it, it was good. I got a couple of comments from people in New York. Um, one very old friend in particular who works at a hospital who has treated people with this disease. And it was... Uh, it was kind of eye-opening, and I just felt really grateful for a wider, having a wide circle of friends and having people out there in other parts of the world that can tell me what the hell's going on in other parts of the world. Because I'll tell you what, guys, I, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna believe it unless I hear it from somebody I know. I'm really not. Um, I'm. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. So it was good to get that. And I also went to Facebook because I wanted to talk a little bit about the 
broader implications of what's going on in the world right now. I think a lot of people are thinking about it, and um, yet we're we're all isolated from one another, so we don't have the opportunity to talk about it. We all are just sitting, and um, you know, maybe some people are. There's, I know there's been a lot of a lot of Skype and Zoom and FaceTime going on, which is awesome. And maybe you know there are some there are some discussions going on, but. By and large, everyone's kind of isolated, and we're all just sort of. And when we do go out, we're we're wearing masks now, and so it's kind of hard to get a sort of sense of the pulse, as it were. So maybe this podcast can do a little bit of that. Here's me and Jeff connecting. Um, uh, I think we found a, a place that, that that we really strongly agree with one another and um we didn't really i don't think get into too much like what we don't agree about on, upon and i don't think there's really too much there that's the thing guys that's the thing we're all on the same side here i think if we if if you make less than like say 500 million dollars a year you're on you're all on the same side <laughs> that's the, that's the way i see it like we're on the side of humanity here and we all want the same things. We want freedom and we want health and we want safety. And uh, so I, I got to find a way to avoid conflict with my, my people because we are, we're in this together, guys. And, and we're going to, the only way we're going to succeed as a society is, is by helping each other out and by not picking fights with each other over stupid things because we really honestly if you we sit down in the same room and like i don't know if we did a mushroom trip together or something for example you know we'd all probably just be like hugging so that's been my that's been a little bit of my recent experience and that's what i wanted to share with you and i'm hoping to keep up this podcast because i think it's important i know the way that i poke around online and I grasp onto anybody that's saying something that feels real to me. It's like, ah, thank you. Instead of just having to listen to it go through my mind over and over. Anyway, enjoy this interview with dear old friend Jeff Crisco. Thanks so much to Jeff for coming on. If you have any questions, send me an email. The email address is gaberoberts at gmail.com. All right, folks, without further ado, please open your ears and your hearts to Jeffrey Crisco. Jeff, you are being recorded. Okay, sounds good. Hello, how are you, buddy? Hey, good, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, of course, yeah. I I love to talk. I love to give my opinions. 
Thanks for thanks for um, accommodating the fact that I couldn't really do this yesterday because I was smoking some meats. <laughs> Dude, I was I was uh, I was trying to beg off and and go go smoke some meat myself. So it worked out really well. Yeah, I um I was gonna do it on Sunday, but it rained really hard here, and then it looked like it was gonna be okay, but then it rained yesterday too. So I was just uh, smoking pork in the rain, but I had a whole setup where I was going to bring my microphone outside and everything. And, uh, it was going to be the meat cast. I was going to smoke, smoke meat and, uh, and chat with you. That would have been pretty sweet. Yeah. What were you, you had pork ribs? Yeah. Pork ribs. I did a a couple of racks of ribs. Um, I did the, um, I, I tried, um, my own, uh, uh, based for the first time, and um, I did the three, two, one method. They came out really good. I had my uh, father-in-law's old uh, offset smoker, um, which can be pretty finicky at times, but uh, it worked out. It worked out. I was pretty happy with it. That's the thing that kind of mounts off to the side of a gas grill. Well, it, yeah, this one's fully wood. It, just imagine a um, like a fifty-five gallon drum turned on its side. Um, yes. Attach some attach some legs a uh, place for the smoke to go out, a smokestack, and then a little box off to the opposite side where you do the fire. Oh, so there's yeah. no actual heat inside the drum or no, no. actual combustion. No, they, yeah, that's all done off to the side. And then the uh, the uh, the smokestack, because of the pressure differential, actually pulls the smoke from the firebox across the meat, and that's how it cooks. The fancier ones, they go under and then over, but this one was a hand-me-down that was from like 1995 or something. <laughs> so it's not how, so fancy. How long does it take to smoke some meat? Uh ribs took me about six hours. Um chicken wings take a couple hours. I haven't done like a, a whole like pork shoulder because that's like you gotta get up at like four AM to do those and I don't feel like losing sleep over that. I did I did a uh, a brisket once, but I cheated and I cooked it uh sous vide first, yep. which and which uh, really all I was doing was putting smoke in it. So that was only a few hours. So cool. it was pretty. Yes, yeah, it's pretty fun. Unlike, that sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, it's it's um it's a nice uh, therapeutic activity because I'm fretting over a temperature that I can barely control for six hours instead of fretting over everything else <laughs> going on. <laughs> so it was like it was like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just going to do this because yeah. I I can just focus on keeping this thing as close to 225 degrees as possible. Nice. And then so what's your what's the little firebox like and what 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 fuel fuel are you using? Um so you start off with just like charcoal. That's what that's what I start okay. off with. I usually use um uh, there, there's two, there's like, you can do chunks, chips, or shavings, um, which are of descending size. And I usually do chunks because chunks turn into charcoal, mm. but I, I like guess, chunks. Yeah. But, uh, um, and it just means I don't have to keep making more charcoal and wasting more charcoal, but the chunks, I guess were like, everybody wanted toilet paper and chunks. Cause all I could find at the grocery <laughs> store were, were chips. So I had to go with chips yesterday and it's, it's, it's a little bit more work, but it's, um, yeah, you uh, just start throw some uh, some charcoal briquettes in, obviously lit, and then you throw some some wood on there. Uh, my father in law, when he gave it to me, gave me a bunch of shavings um, okay. that help that help uh, kind of micromanage the temperature. Like if it's starting to dip a little bit, I throw a couple handfuls of of, uh, of uh, extra fuel on there with the shavings, and then it yeah keeps the chips burning. Yeah, dude, that sounds really fun. I there's a good tradition of little tiny smoke houses 
out here in Vermont, I think a lot goes hand in hand with with hunting as a way to cure some meat and it looks really uh it's just nice to have an something that like you say can sort of take up your take up your day without mm-hmm. being like hard work and yeah yeah i made Fire. that and some cornbread and um we ate pretty good last night had a salad you know yeah good 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 uh good meal um you know when we can't really leave the house too much uh were you guys i mean i jeff i know nothing i know nothing about you basically you, you know nothing about me well i, I mean was born, I, know... I was born in sacramento actually i wasn't born in sacramento <laughs> i was born in davis but <laughs> yeah, that's a fun fact yeah um no i mean um but right like... you're married you have mm-hmm. a house what's mm-hmm. the you yep so I'm, yep. I'm in suburbia i'm in yep. uh in carmichael um i'm about hey. yeah I, I drive past uh, Gibbons Park, site of a uh, mini a uh, a crossover. Uh, Dude, and, yeah. Where so where in Carmichael? Where? I am without giving out too much information away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just off a of winding near Del Campo. Oh, nice. Yeah. So so I'm um yeah I can I can I guess I will give too much information away. I can see if you look out the front uh, front window upstairs, you can see into Del Campo from where I live. So. Somebody wants to come find me, they can come find me. <laughs> Wait, Del... <laughs> Del Campo High School, yes? Yes. Yeah, Del Campo High School. Um yeah. our, our mnemonic to remember the uh the uh, cards order <laughs> in uh whatever silly games we played in high school. But um no, I do that. I run a website, um a fancy football. Oh, Diamonds website. Clubs Heart Spades. Yeah, Diamonds yeah. Clubs Heart Spades. Yeah. So I do that. I run a fancy football website, which is fun because there's not gonna be football this year. Um, I have a wife who works at a tech company. Uh, we both worked from home to begin with. So this whole, like, you know, everybody go in your house and lock the doors and, uh, close the windows. So the, the virus doesn't get you. It worked out. Okay. Cause yeah, you know, we both work from home anyway. So it wasn't a Except huge Except that you can't file for unemployment. Yeah, I know. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? There's a lot of people who need it more than I do. So it's like I'll yeah. I'll let that I'll let them run the coffers dry, you know. Yeah. Even though today I know you and Joburg were talking about it last time. Even though today they were talking about another stimulus that just like we're gonna have monopoly money soon, basically is what it's gonna be. Is the it's not gonna be worth the paper it's it's printed on. So. Oh shit! Another big 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 boy. Another big yeah. package. Yeah, I saw something, just something today about how they, I think they called it like an economic bazooka, which isn't, it's not comforting. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to, we're going to shoot the economy in the face with a rocket propelled grenade. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's not great, but, uh, but yeah, the numbers are getting kind of silly, aren't they? Yeah. The number for the economy, they're getting silly. The numbers for like people that are like dying every day, it's like you reload it and it's like, well, all right, that's a crazy thing. And then one of the guys I run the website with today is now in the hospital with coronavirus. So it's a whole whole mess of things going on right now. No so, shit. Yeah, he uh, he called his doctor this morning. The doctor was like, yeah, you need to call 911 um, and go to the hospital. So No shit. Yeah, that's fun. Is so. that just today that he went? Yeah, just is today. He- his, his wife had coronavirus symptoms last week and he was holding up okay. And then he started to get them and, uh, he's got some pretty bad, uh, respiratory stuff going on. Oh no. Did he have, uh, asthma or anything? 
Um, I'm not sure. I don't think he has asthma. Um, Shit. N- not that I know of, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's scary stuff, especially because, uh, you know, our government response doesn't really bode well for this thing getting under control anytime soon. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard to. It's hard to know. It's all. It's. It seems like it has. Yeah. Oh, and I have a dog. Hey, a dog. <laughs> yeah, she likes to bark. That's good. Yeah, but not so too I, much. I, I hope. No, she loves to bark all the time. I, I <laughs> she just showed up on the podcast. Um, it's it's you know all the kids walking home from school every day. She barks at them. She's probably barking at the mailman today. She just loves loves barking. Yeah, I yeah. would probably bark a lot if I was a dog. Yeah. So, uh, sorry to inter- for my dog to interrupt you. Um, well, I was just in terms of the government response. It does seem a little bit uh, uneven or kind of herky jerky. Yeah, I, I I figured out what it is last week. It was like I was trying to. I, it, it reminded me of something, and it was. Uh, you, do you remember the episode of The Simpsons with uh, steamed steamed hams, where there's. Yeah. Okay, so the, what The Simpsons is, I or I'm not explaining what The Simpsons is. <laughs> what this episode of The Simpsons is, is Principal Skinner invites uh, Superintendent Chalmers over, his boss over, for uh, hamburgers, and everything goes wrong in the kitchen, and he keeps coming out and like making excuses. And it's like, no, it's um uh, uh, steamed, or no, he's gonna make steamed clams. And then it's, it ends up being hamburgers and he calls them steamed hams. And every time he comes out, there's like a new excuse and a new reason why things are going that the way that they are. <laughs> but then he keeps going back into the kitchen and everything's on fire and nothing's working. And he like sneaks out to the to the fast food place to Krusty Burger to get burgers. And he's like, <laughs> no, I said steamed hams. That's what we call hamburgers. And it's like every time they come out and they have their little speech, it's like, um, yeah, so we're going to go inside and hide yeah (laughs) that that's the plan everybody just go inside and then they come back out and they're like okay so going inside isn't working so we need to stay inside longer when really what they're doing is just keeping us inside till they figure out what they're gonna do because they just keep going back into that kitchen everything's on fire but they have to come (laughs) out and be like no 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 it's fine it's fine central park they're talking about having temporary mass graves in central park but it's fine you know it's no big deal Yeah, so it's um it's the government response is 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 a mess, um because I mean you, you're in Vermont I'm sure you know you hang out with Bernie Sanders all the time. Oh yeah, yeah you he's you and Bernard over for dinner tonight. Yeah, he I mean he's if if we had enacted some sort of universal health care, we would have yeah. been able to take care of this because that's because the thing that kills me. Okay, this is this is what I've been thinking about is tell me us in South Korea. We got like positive, like the whole like, oh, my God, coronavirus is here. It happened on the same day. And okay. South South Korea is basically done. They have like 100 new cases a day. It's like nothing. Okay. And we're up to I think we got like 2000 or 12,000 new cases or something. And we're up to like 12 or maybe it's 12,000 deaths. I don't know. But because what they did was they actually did something smart is they had a system in place. They were like, OK. If you think you're sick, or even if you don't think you're sick, come get tested. If you're mm-hmm. tested, we're going to stick you inside specifically. We're going to get a list of the people that you talk to. We're going to test, or, you know, let us know who you talk to. We'll test them. We'll stick them inside. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then they're dropping off packages of food and everything for like two weeks worth of provisions. And they go, okay, we'll test you again to make sure you're done. 
Mm. Instead of what we're doing now, which you and Joe, I mean, astutely called kind of creeping fascism. It's like, all right, everybody just go inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just everybody hide. We'll figure out what's going on. And mm-hmm. the reason we can't do that is because we don't have what, what Korea did is because we don't have any sort of universal health care to make it all work. You know, we have right. we have this disjointed system where, you know, unrelated to coronavirus, we had to go to the hospital a few weeks ago. Everything's fine. But, you know, we spent as part of our time in the waiting room, we had to go talk to billing and billing had to find our insurance information. And that took like 40 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't oh, how modern. Yeah, this isn't how a modern society should work. You know, it should oh. be everybody piles in. Piles in your money. Nobody gets to skim off the top for bonuses or shareholders or anything like that. Everybody piles your money in, and when you need it, you get it out. And that's right. what ins- that's what insurance is. But now it's it's a business, so it's right. And the hospitals themselves are are prof- for profit. Yeah. Things. Yeah. That, so that's, that was... Yeah. So their their concern is uh, how are we getting money out of this? Their right. and um, you know our concern is how do we not die so speaking of which it was 1800 new deaths today and 2600 new cases so far okay so yeah that's all still going up yeah it's still going up yeah we haven't we haven't beat the curve yet or let's see korea south korea had six new cases today wow yeah so far that's what they've reported six new deaths sorry six new deaths 47 new cases Part of the problem is the country's so big. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, part of the problem is the country's so big and it's so so it's so diverse. Like I was thinking yeah. about this, not diverse in terms of like, you know, uh, uh, racial diversity. It's diverse in terms of livelihood and, and, yes. and lives that we live. Because yeah. I was I was thinking about this when I was listening to you and Joe talk last week. You you live kind of isolated. You live in a small community. Yes. What, you guys need to do is a lot different from what I need to do in suburban Sacramento right. and trying to put, trying to put a blanket thing on everybody is right. what, what's causing problems. Cause you get, you know, you get, there's ding dongs who are like, you know, our, our forefathers wouldn't have stood for this. You know, they would be shooting by now. It's like, what are they shooting? The virus? Right. You know, it's, <laughs> but, but um, yeah. And then, and I was thinking about, yeah, you know, cause I was like, that's how this all started. I emailed you. Um, I emailed you the dick pic like you and Joe requested. And, Thanks, man. Um, that was really yeah. nice. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about it. I was like, this is perfectly encapsulates what you're saying works for your community. What I'm saying should work works for my community. But we have one central thing saying that we need to do the same thing everywhere. Right. You know, like, like how, how many people are in in your general area? Um, there's like 1200 people in our town, 1200 people in your town. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you go to the grocery store, you probably see what, like seven or eight people at the grocery store. Well, there's no, there are two small general stores in our town and yeah, that's about right. If you go in there, you'll, you'll, you'll run into a couple people. So you guys could could easily just be like, if you feel sick, sick, stay home. We'll have some sort of community support for you. We'll take care of it. You guys can handle that on the local level. Right. You know, I live next to a school that has more than twelve hundred students in it. Wow. So it's like what we need to right. do is completely is completely different. And right. um, I was thinking about that. You guys, what like 
you your area is like just classic lowercase a anarchism. Not a lot of government. Don't need a lot of government. You guys kind of take care of yourselves. Yeah. You know, twelve hundred people. It's not. It's not a huge deal uh, to take care of. But you know, in out here, we need people to be told what to do um, for the good of everybody. But at the same time, you have to worry about overstepping boundaries. So it's kind of a fine line to draw. Yeah. It is. It's a yeah. very complex soup. <laughs> and it, the weird has, thing is that the messaging and the it is like you're saying is like is this blanket for the whole country and um and yet you're right like if you think about a place like South Korea or Japan there seems to be a stronger sort of culture and national identity and mm-hmm. sort of ingrained cohesiveness that is really I mean all all we have in common is like I guess like TV and like football <laughs> football yeah no football and you know, the the only thing we have in common is uh 250 years ago or almost 300 years ago now the um the uh a bunch of uh you know guys fought together to get rid of england and then they were like well i guess we're all in this together and that's kind of how it started even though it was a diverse range of interests and we've kind of gotten further out from there and right yeah so it's yeah. like it's yeah you're right the only thing we have in common is like pop culture uh sports um which your boys got stefan diggs yeah bills yeah they got one draft choice this year hey you know what stefan diggs is gonna be really good for you guys i'm i'm excited for uh for the bills glad to hear you say that yeah, he's he's gonna do well. He'll he'll be good with Josh Allen. He'll uh, probably yell at Josh Allen a lot, but <laughs> he could <laughs> but, use that. Yeah, Josh Allen needs to uh, yeah get get a little bit up somebody upside his head a little bit to uh, straighten him out because he uh, he uh, he thinks he's better than he is, but he's still really good. I like Josh Allen too, but um, but yeah, we have this this like diverse like we have big towns, small towns. We have people that you know we have libertarians, we have socialists, we have tankies, we have. Uh, you know, capital A anarchists, we have full bore communists, we have all these people with different ideas. And every time the government acts on them, they have a different idea on what that means. Yeah. You know, like when this started, I was like, okay, so we have like, we have like right wing doomsday preppers who are like the most prepared to to do something, you know, to shelter in place for months. They're the most prepared. (laughs) They're the most prepared to weather this. But like, they're not gonna because specifically because the government told them to, you know? right? It's like, so it's it's you know <laughs> it's it, it's it's pretty wild. The the it's made me stop and think a lot about uh, the country and you know like what we're doing yeah. here. So yeah, it's weird, man. It's really weird. Um, it's weird to tune into it. Like I've been doing it. I've kind of been getting in the habit ever since this started and i haven't been um i haven't had i've I've been working for myself and like not working Mm -hmm. much and just like taking time in the morning to browse and uh follow these stories and it it is a weird feeling to get tuned into it and feel myself getting pulled um into these different narratives Mm -hmm. uh, that really like have nothing to do with what's going on in my neighborhood or in, you know yeah i i assume that you guys by and large have no there's no effect you know because <laughs> you you if if 
say, for example, you guys woke up tomorrow and like your internet and TV didn't work and you had no idea that coronavirus was going on. I would reasonably assume that your small community would never feel an effect from it. You're it would probably you're right. It would probably have a very similar trajectory. Yeah. But in all this, you know, like shelter in place order for you guys, like I, you mentioned last last time, um, it's hurting your business. It's hurting your bottom line. It's hurting it's hurting you. And it's like, yeah, reasonably, a 1,200-person community in, in Vermont is not going to need to do as many drastic things as right. as Philadelphia or, or, or New York City. But right. because we're a bunch of petulant children, <laughs> why do I have to shelter in place, but they can go outside, you know? It's right. like, <laughs> we have to tell everybody what to do. So, right. yeah, that's... Um, it's, well, uh, I, I feel like another problem for me is that, like, even if I were in a place where um, where the orders were maybe more productive or, or important, I would buck at them just like you're talking about the, the, the anarchists or the, the um, preppers mm-hmm. it, because I feel like it's like the, the boy who cried wolf. Like I feel like I've, I've, there's been so much misinformation as I've like come into adulthood, like so many mm-hmm. stories broadcast that I, I just like don't, feel like are are in my best interest that Mm -hmm. i just immediately assume the opposite of what i'm so like i don't know how i would actually (laughs) respond (laughs) yeah like exactly it's fucking weird man i i've gotten so yeah just so cynical well i mean we saw our generation uh, thousands of guys went over to iraq to die on a lie we saw 2008 you know hundreds of thousands of people i lost my dream job in the 2008 stock market crash. What I was lost, your dream job? I was a uh, I worked I worked at a museum, actually two museums in in uh, Santa Barbara and um basically if you learned anything there and you didn't read it off the walls, so if an interpreter told you, if it was part of a tour, if it was part of a program, I was responsible for it. So I was a museum cool. educator. Yeah. What it was the, awesome. What museums were they? Uh, it was uh, two museums, uh, the El Presidio de Santa Barbara State Historic Park. It was um, the fort that started Santa Barbara. Cool. And then uh, Casa de la Guerra, which is um, the group I worked for on both of them. And that was a house of one of the later um, commanders uh, of the fort. And so we did a whole bunch of events and stuff. And like I was in parades, uh, dressed wow. up as an old timey soldier and all this stuff. And um, Neat. yeah, but. When the stock market crashed, I mean, stuff like that is all based off of endowments and government grants and and gifts and everybody, it all contracted, you know? So, so, you know, that we, to my point, our generation saw that happen and nobody faced any consequences. And we were told this, that, and the other about it. And then as investigative journalism pulls things up, we find stuff like, right. You know, the the bailout plan was written by the banks, essentially, and Obama just rubber stamped it. And so the skepticism is warranted. It is merited. And, you know, I'm following the shelter in place stuff, but it's it's because I am like, okay, let me let me look at what the experts are saying. I'm listening to. Dr. Fauci, not Donald Trump, basically is saying, what Mm -hmm. are the experts saying about this? And then I'm. I'm I'm going from there. I started sheltering in place before um, uh, the first warning went out. Not like 
significantly sheltering in place, but I, I stopped going to the gym. Because right. I was like, I was watching people just like cough in their hands and pick up, I know, <laughs> and pick up uh, dumbbells and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce from this. And I got some of those uh, like rubber bands, and I've been working out with those. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, tiny, those tiny little rubber bands that you get. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like our generation. It's it's we have a an understanding understandable skepticism of. Um, of uh of authority and what what i've had to be careful with because i consume a lot of news a lot of news i consume stuff that like is news talking about the news and it's what we have to be wary of is going down the info wars path you know because there are a lot of people who listen to a lot of stuff that alex jones says and there's a podcast that i listen to and he Okay, so Alex Jones, what's his big thing? He always tells people it's admitted. It's in the white papers. It's in the documents. You can go read it, folks. Uh huh. This guy actually goes and reads the documents, and he's like, "This doesn't say anything about <laughs> this." Is uh-huh. not what Alex Jones is saying. So I listen to that. I listen to a lot of that, and I'm like, okay, so I have to find the source of the source of the source. Basically, go back to reading where all this information came from, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I I see where they went wrong. And then I'm like, yeah. okay, now now I understand. Like, there's all this 5G nonsense going around on the. Have you seen this? Um, I have gotten I have gotten wind of it for sure. I mean, I'm aware of I'm aware of the rollout. And mm-hmm. isn't Sacramento one of the first places uh, that's getting it? I don't think so. But uh. but so there's this whole thing about oh, 5G is activating coronavirus. And oh, then, I have heard that. Yeah. And so what I did, I was like, okay, where are their 5G towers? And so I look it up and Iran is like by capita, they have like one of the highest infection rates in the whole world. They don't have a single 5G tower. Right. So it's like it's like what it, it it's it's I mean, we can I I I did a lot of research into like the history of conspiracies and stuff just because it's something that interests me and it all goes back to people just People don't want to admit that bad things just happen randomly. And this is just a bad thing that happened randomly that we were not equipped to take care of. So we're getting the stupid uh, Super Nintendo Chalmers uh, response from The Simpsons where we're the, our government is just going to hide in the kitchen to come up with a new excuse about what's going on. Like, that's what's happening every day. Like, I don't pay any attention to these these stupid daily briefings because they're garbage. They're only there yeah. to prop the stock market. That's all they're there for yeah. is to, to ease the stock market to make the line go up. Because right. if the line goes up, people don't bother Donald Trump, and he's happy. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot out there. I mean, I've uh, I've definitely gone down gone down some roads and and found some found some things that um, are like kind of upsetting in a mm-hmm. way. And it, I mean, it it just all goes back to the same kind of uh, top down sort of. Con- the, pl- the the plutocracy you know Keep, yeah. it it goes back to the same um the same profit for the same kind of small group of people and just different stories to kind of stir stir the population here and there and, well yeah uh, as your boy bernard says you know the the one percent of the one person they 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 i mean without it, they control everything they it's it's all about moving the narrative to a point where they can profit from it right but i mean that's what it is that's this hydrochloroquine or whatever it is it came out yesterday 
the ding dong. The Trump owns stake in a company that makes it. <laughs> it's like people are like, why is he pushing this random drug that nobody has? You know, there's there's only like limited cases of it working, and then so oh, he owns a stake in the French company that or the company oh, that wow. makes makes it in France. Unbelievable. It's like it's it's it, it's all about just crass capitalism. It's all about yeah. turning the profit. That's that's I that's know, all it uh, is. It sucks. Yeah. And, and and the question is where you start to go down the wrong path is is it is it manufacturing a situation where you can profit from it, or is it just being a crass capitalist and just saying, you know what, ten thousand people are gonna die, but the line's gonna go up, so never just... letting never letting a good crisis go to waste. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's exactly see that's the difference between a healthy skepticism and flying off into Alex Jones territory. Because if well, you understand that it's like never let a good crisis go to waste, then you're in the right mindset to figure out what all these morons at the top are doing. Well, and ultimately, that's the, the thing is like my wife has, I think, exactly that healthy skepticism you're describing. Mm -hmm. I don't think I really do, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. I think I I think that Alex Jones is is controlled opposition. That's the way I would describe him. So he's sort of somebody that um, says a lot of things that may be partially true to entice and attract people that, um, you know, have questions about about the mainstream storyline. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then he's ultimately controlled to lead them off on a, a, a wild goose hunt and and to look like sort of a buffoon and and blackwash the whole every any truth that's associated with his ideas kind of gets thrown down a pit. Uh -huh. um, and but but ultimately it doesn't matter really like there's the the response to it there's whether it was you know schemed or not um how we deal with it as citizens is is kind of the same like right like what is it it doesn't really matter if we know exactly the the whole backstory uh -huh. uh, i think as long as I think the importance in, in doing research or whatever is to find a state of mind where you have some skepticism, where uh -huh. you're, you're just, you have a little bit of a remove where you kind of let things percolate a little bit. Um, you, and, you don't take anything at face value. You don't take yeah. anything as read. You got to kind of look into it. Right. Um, the, that's why, you know, I, I always look at like the reporting behind the reporting and there are some yeah. independent reporters out there you know actual independent reporters not guys who write screeds on facebook who yeah. time and again have come up with some trustworthy reports but cool. yeah we got we got to have some some healthy skepticism about everything that we see because a lot of this stuff is laundered through so many different channels like yeah everybody like for example everybody hates the new york times for different reasons <laughs> <laughs> Because it all it's all it all gets laundered through the same to the same things, you know, and it's um, it's are you familiar with manufactured consent? Yeah, I think so. It's it's basically if we tell you this enough times, you'll take it as true. Right. You know, and that's that's um, yeah. that's kind of how the media works is they manufacture consent for what's going on behind the scenes. You know, right. Um, I, I was having a discussion about failed states. Um, and you know, kind of the big thing that people do in failed states, what, like Florida, 
Hey, ba ba ba. No, um, and the main thing that they do is they're like, you know what? I can't, I can't deal with this deluge of nonsense going on, and they just kind of retract into their own shells and just let whatever happens happens. As long as my family is safe, my family is good. That's all I have to worry about. Okay. And you know, that's what we spent the last three years doing. It's just every day there's just a new insane story to the point that understandably my wife doesn't look at the news anymore she's right. just like i understand you'll tell me if something big is going on if something yes. big is going down but i there's just so there's too much going on yes dude and that's true and it's like the real threats to what's going on to our democracy those are going on behind the scenes like yeah. mitch mcconnell has installed so many judges after stonewalling so many judges at the end of obama's term mm-hmm. because the while there is a big chunk of the country that is conservative, they are a minority overall. Mm-hmm. And by installing all these conservative judges, I mean, they're appointed for life. And he's in, installing guys that are like, you know, the town's exterminator who's like, yeah, I'll be a judge. Oh, and he's in, boy. installing, Yeah, he's installing them to just like be like, all right, you're going to do what we want to do long after I'm dead. Oof. Long after I'm dead. And so it's it's tilting democracy. But that's like item like 500 behind behind oh, like right all this other nonsense that's going on totally i mean it's the classic like the the patriot act being having so much shit that was written and like didn't really have anything to do with 911 mm-hmm. and it getting rolled out and and it seems like the same i read an interesting th- petition about the uh, the uk's new emergency coronavirus bill and it's another monster thing, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of pages. Um, and it's got some pretty frightening things in it that that aren't don't seem to be just directly in response to coronavirus and probably are going to get they're not going to just get canceled once the coronavirus is is gone. Oh, no. God, no. I mean, the entire history of, of, you know, this technocratic liberalism that we live in is figuring out a way to take advantage of a disaster to implement some sort of creeping fascism and then never getting around to getting rid of it. Yeah. You know, it's not all these all these things that people talk about. Oh, you know, Donald Trump is circumventing democracy and circumventing this and that. It's like, no, we just always assumed that the person in charge of the country would be would care what people thought or said, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's why we always are like, sir, have you no decorum? Have you no decency? <laughs> like, that's the best response that people can pull to him being like, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I, he said he was going to go, he could shoot somebody in the middle of fifth Avenue and not lose a single percentage point in the polls. It's <laughs> like, there are a million things that should have been disqualifying for him, but people are just like, what, uh... what, what, what do you mean us, us, crossing our arms and stomping our feet isn't working right you know it's it's there was there was a uh um a thing an an old tweet that's it's been deleted now and it's like well i'd like to see how old uh old donnie wriggles his way out of this one and it's like well and then he wriggles out easily and he goes ah well you know maybe next time it's like (laughs) because they're they're like sir you can't do that he's like oh yeah watch me and (laughs) that's that's the end of the response and and it's none of the all of this existed before. I mean, right. you mentioned the Patriot Act started with Bush and then Barack Obama g- made it bigger and more robust and gave the president more powers. And it was like, well, we'll assume 
that, uh, you know, a buffoon will never become president. <laughs> and, then, and then literally the next guy was a buffoon. But it's like, you know, it's, you know, he skates by, but Barack Obama has a lot of fault in what's going on right now. He, I mean, he, he, he violated the constitution, but we don't care. Nobody he drone striked an American citizen. He, he, he drone striked the American citizen in, and I, I think it was Yemen. And oh, that's, really? yeah, that's, no, no, no jury, no trial. This is an American citizen, but because he, we can declare at any point anybody an enemy combatant. We can just murk a guy in the Middle East and just not worry about it, you know. So that's okay. So, so that I love what you're saying, and I agree that there's, like you say, like somebody has to. You, there's a way that you have to kind of keep tabs on that shit because that is the shit that affects us. The stuff mm -hmm. that kind of steadily marches along in the background. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I'm I'm wondering if there's even a hope of saving that system um, by, you know, by voting, for example, um, and or if or if there isn't really and it, you're better off to just kind of focus on your local uh community and and hope that you can develop your own systems that allow you to be kind of self-sufficient yeah i mean that's that's the question that people have been trying to reform society since it started have been asking their, themselves you yeah. know it's like is is i mean the term for you know trying to vote changes electoralism like is electoralism useful yeah. Or do we have to have a bloody revolution for this to work? And it's, I well, am I, I wouldn't call the alternative a, a, a bloody revolution. I, I think of it more as as creating a new sort of micro uh, system or network of micro systems that sort of rise independently and by their by everybody's sort of energy and attention gradually shifting from the larger system. It it sort of crumbles or disintegrates and maybe maybe not a lot of you know no not like you have to overthrow you just start kind of like all right whatever i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do this now well oh i mean that's that's you know lowercase a anarchism i mean people think of it as like rioting in the streets and stuff but anarchism is just um that you know what we're just gonna like for example your town if you guys were like you know what we're just gonna band together we're gonna we're all in this together we'll take care of each other we you know all this other stuff um and then that then you guys the next town over is kind of the same way and you guys interact and you get yeah. grow, grow bigger and bigger i mean that's Trade maple that's, syrup yeah by the way thank you for explaining how to i i always had this misconception about what um the, what the consistency of sap yes so so I never thought it came out like maple syrup, but I always thought it was closer to like olive oil. So when you were like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I brewed I brewed coffee with uh, with uh, uh, sap," I was like, "How?" Because <laughs> I always thought Dude. it had a consistency of like olive oil. Right. No, it is. It's a delicious, clear, clear liquid. But the funny thing is, I've been talking about this delicious morning cup of coffee, and I've had people like Vermonters be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, so, like it's so not. I don't know how it hasn't caught on to everybody doing it. Yeah, it it sounds amazing. It sounds delicious. But it yeah, really it just, is. Yeah, I was just thrown off because like the only sap I have any reference for is a redwood tree sap, which is like glue. So I was yes, very, 
Right. I, I was very is confused. Is it pitch? How is pitch? Oh, yeah. You know what? It, it's colloquially we call it sap. You know what? I'm I'm a city slicker. Okay. No, I, I'm not I, really sure. Let's see. Pitch. Uh, this is oh yeah resin okay yeah it's resin okay yeah like it, it's resin but we just kind of colloquially call it sap but um but yeah no i mean i i don't know how we get rid of stuff like the patriot act it, it that's the problem is that once something is ensconced in power it's extremely difficult to get rid of it's it why kind of hard to fathom a scenario where that where that um Goes away. I mean, outside of Bernie, like Bernie Sanders, I feel like is the closest thing we've all seen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I honestly, I thought that Obama was it, and it it's funny because I didn't really know so much. I didn't know in very great detail what the problem was, but I was sure he was going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, you and me both. <laughs> you, me, and oh, uh, tens of millions of other people. I mean, it, it it came down to oh, you know what? Hope and change. You know, we we didn't know we we know we didn't want George Bush in there anymore, and right. we didn't want John McCain or, or Mitt Romney right. or any of those guys. So I mean, and he was charismatic. He was oh, handsome, and you know, he's 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 thoughtful. He's a smart guy. But I mean, he was just a face. And his wife. I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. You know, unless you go down certain facebook rabbit holes in which case uh that's a man which uh oh really i haven't heard that one (laughs) you've never heard that one oh yeah yeah people are like well because yeah michelle o is a man because she's you know if you these guys it's it's all about like if a woman has a muscle well that's a man yeah. And her whole thing was exercising and stuff. So she had she had some guns, you know. So yeah. they were all, they were all, yeah, Michael Obama. That's what they called her. <laughs> but he was, I mean, he was the face of setting up the system quietly in the background. Yeah, for dude. this technocratic hellscape that we live in now, you know. Yeah. It's like, and and now we have a, a literal game show host controlling everything. And and isn't it wacky? It is. It's it's insane. And we thought it was okay with Obama because he was nice, handsome, you know, put on a good face. And yeah, now it's all laid bare. We kind of ripped off the bandaid. But right. I mean, you mentioned Bernie. It's he is the and I am actually full disclosure wearing a Bernie Sanders shirt right now. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to wear it because I was going on the Vermonters podcast. Um, Yeah. uh, He is the closest that we've seen to somebody who cares about the average and he's like moderately left-wing if we go anywhere in europe right and and here you know chris matthews on msnbc was screaming like he he invoked fidel castro and he said you know people like bernie sanders wanted to shoot people like me in central park in the 1960s it's like what what he wants people to have health care and he wants people to have privacy from the Patriot Act. This is and he doesn't want us to spend almost a trillion dollars a year on bombs to go bomb oh. other countries. Has he talked to I've never heard him talk about military spending. Has he addressed that a little bit? Oh yeah, it's out of control. Yeah. He he that's one of his big things. There's there's an old if you look it up, no more Star Wars, which uh-huh. now that I've you know, now that you know the Skywalker saga is over, I agree with him. No more Star Wars. <laughs> but no, he was he he was referring to the the Reagan program in the 1980s, Star Wars, the like lasers that were going to shoot nukes out of the sky yep. that was never going to work. 
he he had this whole speech. There's no more Star Wars. It was in like nice. 1992. And he's like, the Soviet Union's gone. Why are we spending all this money on military aid? Yes. Who are we going to go fight? What is the point of all this? We have people starving. We right. could spend this money on services. We could spend this money on ensuring health care for people. <sighs> ensuring, you know, that there's a social safety net in place. And he's just screaming um, yeah. in, in the Senate about this in like 1992. He's always yeah. been about like... Like, you know, uh, don't spend all this money on on weaponry. Oh, God, it's so easy. It's so I mean, just watching my wife works for the Department of Education here in Vermont Mm -hmm. now. And it's the she works for the Office of Child Nutrition Services. Oh, my God. And they're like they're feeding kids still like even while schools are closed. And they're now like she's been calling a bunch of schools that are close to uh, hotels that are housing homeless people throughout Mm -hmm. the pandemic and uh, seeing if this and the schools there are like firing up extra meals to deliver to the hotels for the homeless people. Like the, the the way that people can um, make do with the crumbs that are left behind is just like, it's so it's amazing, but it's also like kind of heartbreaking because you just think one less bomber and all of that is like a hundred times easier. Well, yeah, we spent like like seven hundred billion dollars on a plane that can't fly in the rain. Like it literally <laughs> doesn't it doesn't work in the rain. It's like and it, we spent all this money on this plane, and it's like, well, now it makes sense why we always want to bomb the Middle East. They're like, all right, we got to fly this thing where there's no rain, where everything will work. <laughs> We also built uh, boats, gunboats, that are just sitting in docks because after they built them with these specialized guns, they realized that each like um, each shell is going to cost like $100,000. So they're like, oh, well, we can't use these. So between those two programs, it's like a trillion dollars. And uh. we can pay for that. But if you're like, hey, you know what? I think maybe um, people should have health care. Yeah. Everybody comes out, well, how are you going to pay for it? Well, how are you going to pay yeah. for it? How are you going to pay for yeah. it? And it's like, Dude, we can we have infinite money to go kill people, but we have, you know, we got to tighten our tighten our belts when it comes to making sure you know people don't die, and oh. you know it's it's sad, and it's those it's those poor folks that some of them that fly that that stars and stripes the the hardest. Mm-hmm. Oh represent. yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's because. Um, there's like a unified thing. It's like, well, things were fine the way that I grew up. Right. And so they're just like, well, why can't things just be the way that they were when I grew up? And, you know, they're afraid. I, I chat on, uh, with a friend of a friend on Facebook who he is a retired, um, uh, special needs teacher and, uh-huh. uh, he hates socialism. And I'm like, you understand like, cause he was during the cold war. It got demonized for 60 years. I'm like, you right. understand your job that you loved so much existed because of socialism. Public education is a socialist thing. You know, <laughs> it's a socialist concept. And public education specifically designed towards the most vulnerable members of our community, the learning, you know, the the learning impaired. Yeah. That's like, dude, <laughs> that's deep socialism, buddy. <laughs> and and he can't get it through his head. Like, like guaranteeing health insurance to everybody is like a bridge too far. Right. And because it's the it's the S word. It's, yeah. 
people people misunderstand socialism. So they think it's communism, and yeah. it's there. And they go quote George or- Orwell at me. And George Orwell was a socialist, so it's like I don't I don't know what point they're trying to make. It's <laughs> yeah. So, I one thing I wanted to talk to you about was yeah. was high school because I remember that we were. It was the beginning of our sophomore year mm-hmm. uh, that 9-11 happened. Yes. And I remember being, at that point, pretty much ready to, like, go enlist. Oh, and, yeah, dude. We all and, were. Yeah. And then, but I also remember Mr. Sullivan, our history teacher, pounding his fist on the desk and yelling, Greed! <laughs> And I did not have Soli. Oh, so you I, never? Okay. No, I had I had Lago Marcino. Okay. Also yeah. a cool guy. And I don't I don't really remember a darn thing uh, from uh, school in general. But I'm wondering, thinking back, like, what was in our education? Was there anything in our education that that led us uh, in the right direction? <laughs> and um, like if you remember any of that or if you can think back to that and like what seeds were planted or like how your sort of worldview evolved from that point and like yeah if you can remember anything in that in your in your education that that yeah that you still touch today or something well uh, i still know some spanish because on september 11th 2001 uh miss fawcett our spanish teacher said um they <laughs> Basically, she said, if we don't learn Spanish, the terrorists win. (laughs) (laughs) And this was first period. So it's like we woke up and it's like planes hit the towers. Towers are collapsing. And she's like, all right, what is the usted form of ambular? And it's like, come on. (laughs) So there's there's that. I'll never forget that. Um, (laughs) But. In terms of so yeah, we all had this like patriotic streak after 9/11, and and everybody in America kind of did. Um, yeah. In terms of like we'd been attacked, and it's the first time we had been attacked since Pearl Harbor, so we right. kind of had that like well, last time this happened, we dropped two nukes on this country. We need to go punch them in the nose and show that America can't be messed with. You right. know, it, it's you know you 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 can't attack us. We'll come back twentyfold. You know, we'll 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 make you act like you never. Uh, you wish you were never born and yeah and then um honestly for me it wasn't even really the education that i received except for mr korea um in our history class and it's it's because that was um history of the americas and i kind of started to learn that as soon as a country started to do something that we didn't like we we went and we stuck our nose in there regardless Mm -hmm. of what the reasons for it were it was a lot of like you know you know like this this left-wing champion of the people was starting to write oh nope never mind he got ousted by uh you know cia interests helped out and i right yeah and so it's forgot about that yeah and it's you start to get this thing where it's like maybe what we're doing isn't always the best and and we had the benefit being we were in 10th grade when 9-11 happened. So we weren't in any position. We could get nice and um, and disillusioned before we even had a chance to enlist. But yeah, so it started to be, you know, history of the Americas. It was a lot of like, so, you know, things were happening, things were happening. And then America stuck their nose in it. And then things started going a different direction. That was much 
<laughs> much more beneficial to America, surprisingly. But it's yeah. wild how every time something was happening, it was a bad guy until America stepped in and then we got a good guy. And, yeah. you know, don't worry that Augusto Pinochet, you know, rounded people up and threw him out of helicopters over the middle of the ocean. You know, he was it was fine. Uh, never mind the quote of I think it was Eisenhower saying, you know, he may be a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch. Forget it. You know, what's some light genocide as long as, uh, you know, the Dole Banana Company can wet its beak and make sure we have plenty of money to go around. And yeah. that's when I started to be like, maybe we're not the not always the good guys. And then actually my nice. mom got, got really invested in the anti-war movement around Iraq. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Do you remember Cindy Sheehan? That name sounds familiar. She had a son go off and die in Iraq, and she was around the Sacramento area, and she was kind of led the fight against uh, expansion of the war and everything. And my mom got wow. involved with her. Yeah, my mom got really involved with her, and she was on this, – this woman, Cindy Sheehan, was on, like, national news talking about it. Like, she was the face of the anti-war movement for a while, and she was from SAC. So it was cool. kind of like – yeah, and, um, you know, the – the memes and, and early memes of like, you know, dying, you know, I'm going to go to Iraq and die for for oil profits and that sort of thing. It, yeah. it, that on top of, well, the stuff I learned in Mr. Correa's class, like we invented reasons to go into countries. We invented a reason to go into Iraq. Right. I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, uh, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, George W. Bush, those guys should all have faced war crime charges. Yeah. Uh, I mean, never mind Henry Kissinger, who's still alive kicking around. We have a lot of people who should have faced war crime charges, but those three for the Iraq war, I mean, that that's what kind of started me down this path of radicalization. Nice. So far as, as like, we just kind of invent reasons to do whatever we want. And yeah. Um, yeah so, but back to your question, it was uh, junior, <laughs> junior year uh, history kind of taught me that, um, you know, we, always act in our best interests, which we were taught were democracy, freedom, all that yeah. stuff. But it was really just making sure that we kept our bottom line intact. And, so and, and, and Mr. Korea's class kind of taught me that. Did I, that's awesome. I remember him having definitely a, a kind of a sarcastic sense of humor. Was mm -hmm. he, was he sprinkling that in pretty good? Like was, were the textbooks alluding at all to, um, or casting any casting it in any particular light, or was it him that was 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 framing it in any particular fashion? Um, I mean, it was a, we were, we read a lot of primary source documents in that okay. class. That was kind that was kind of his big thing because there's not really a good like history of the Americas like textbook. You know, we right. you can you can go buy a million different. I mean, I have American history textbooks, a million of them from from college. And, yeah. um, but I was reading a lot of the primary source documents of like, you know, this insert leftist from, uh, insert Latin American leftist was increasing, you know, the, the quality of life, this, that, and the other, he was, you know, um, confiscating farms, confiscating factories, nationalizing things, giving mm. profits to the people, everybody's mm. life is getting better. And then we come in and we bash him over the head. And yeah. uh, we put we put a new guy in. And then like with Cuba, like uh, Batista, he was a dictator. And then we Castro was not the best. OK, Castro had a lot of problems. And but it was we act like everything was fine. Everything was great. And then Castro came in and everything became bad. And um, we've tried and failed to take down communist Cuba, which is 
like 150 miles from our shore um, for so long. And um, it's just like that class made me realize, start to put the seeds of maybe cool. What we're being taught isn't correct. Yeah. And then did, and then did you study history in college? Yes, I got a degree in uh, uh, history with a focus on the Cold War, and then I did some public history, which is museum work stuff. So yeah, I studied I studied uh, mostly the Cold War in college. Cool. Yeah. So are and, you going to be a teacher sometime? You know, my plan was to be a teacher, but right up until uh, on one Thanksgiving, my sister is a teacher actually, and um, we finished everything. We were watching football and uh, the night game, and my sister pulls out a stack of um, papers to grade, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be a teacher. Um, <laughs> and uh, you'd be that, so good. Well, that that what's funny is, um, you know, my my backup plan to this this football website is a history thing um uh, like uh, i i it's it's in its infancy stages but it's like um i call it history for everybody it's like asking like you know i put out a post on facebook what do you wish you knew more about right now I'm i researching. saw that yeah right now I'm i was researching, like i'm yeah. nothing i don't want to <laughs> and, and and you know it's like right now i'm researching um uh the great schism uh which is one of my wife's uh friends suggested it it's when there were multiple popes at once and um because history is so dense like history is kind of what radicalized me down the path started the path down to leftism Mm -hmm. Uh, and um i feel like people need to learn more about it to understand Mm -hmm. what's going on with the present Mm -hmm. Uh, like i had a big post about i I saw you liked it about one of the things i said was that history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes we need to learn (laughs) what's going on you know we need to understand like the government lies to us period and and i say that without any sense of um paranoia or yeah. anything it's just yeah. fact yeah. they lie to us and yeah. it's up it's up to us to understand where all this stuff comes from yeah. understand like identifying the lies finding the inconsistencies because they don't even try that's the thing they don't even try when they lie they're like oh this is a bad guy you're like well <laughs> n- no no, he's not. He's like, like they're they're trying it right now with Venezuela. They're like, well, Venezuela's collapsing because of socialism. It's like, no, well, no, Venezuela's collapsing because we've had sanctions on them for years, mm-hmm. and their entire economy is tied to to oil prices. And mm-hmm. we've been doing everything in our power for the last decade to corner the market on oil, so nobody wants Venezuelan oil. So we crash right. their economy, and then they're like, look, Venezuela doesn't work. They're the <laughs> And it's like, well, why don't we go back? I mean, Venezuela has been socialist for like 40 years. Like, why don't we go back? Why did it work for 30 years? And then it stopped working in the last 10. Like, what right. What happened there? And so it's, you know, it's it's the government lies. I mean, yeah. without paranoia, it's it's the government lies. And it's it's the key to staying sane is trying to figure out what the truth is without. Yes. But it's it's like balancing on a knife's blade, like we were talking or about. Or ignore it completely. Or ignore it completely. And, 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 you know, it's really easy, like you said, with Alex Jones, it, he's the Pied Piper of misinformation. He takes right. a kernel of truth and he just sends people down the wrong path. Right. And, and you know, there's, the, I mean, there's people like that on the left and the right. And sure. you, you, not to sound like a centrist, but there's just, they're left, right, center, everybody lies. Everybody has a reason for saying what they're saying. Everybody has their own interests. Hell, I have my own interest for saying what I'm saying. Sure. 
but it's like you gotta get to the the core of it and that's what back to your question about high school that's kind of reading a bunch of primary source documents about how we screwed around um in south and central america that's where i started having this healthy skepticism for what's going that's on that's awesome dude i knew you would remember something from high school <laughs> yeah, you know what you know what else i remember uh it, it, what's funny i every once in a while whenever i hear your name do you know what i think of it's uh, soft, just it's like sophomore dunking, year. just like tomahawk jams no it's sophomore <laughs> year we're at i think it's north highlands you pull off the sickest pump fake in the history oh. of the world and drain a mid-range jumper. I, re- <laughs> I still, whenever I hear your name, I mean, we've interacted so many other times. I mean, we've known each other for so long. We don't interact so much anymore, but it's like whenever I, Gabe Roberts, I'm just like, oh, Gabe pulling that sick pump fake sophomore year. Just, <laughs> uh, just that's that, that, that's what I remember. Thanks, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I haven't, Ballin's been on hiatus, but we had a pretty good, sunday game going here at the gym that's good yeah i haven't i haven't played in so long because um i uh my senior year i wasn't supposed to play i didn't tell coach friedman that but i wasn't supposed to play because i had a foot injury and i made it worse and the Uh, doctor was like well guess what don't play basketball for a year and then i i I never went back to it so it's yeah uh, how's your foot oh it's it's mostly fine now it was um i had a partially torn uh plantar fascia so yeah, so every once in a while when I twist or jump or something, it felt like I got stabbed in the foot. Yeah. Yeah, I had to go get special orthotics for it, and I just told people they were ankle braces. But, like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I remember sitting in the place, and I was like, oh, this is serious, because I was looking on the wall, and it was, like, different models of, like, replacement arms and replacement legs. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I really messed myself up if I'm sitting in this office right now. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. Well, I'm uh, glad you got something in your in your education that 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 set your mind on a good track. And I it seems like there are to me it seems like there are some people I think you're one of them. I think my brother's one of them that have the type of mind that is well suited to like sifting information. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some people, maybe your wife's one of them that like they're and I think maybe my wife's one of them too. Like, it just doesn't. Their their values are like just like. Well, now I'll just talk about my wife. She just because <laughs> I don't know your wife at all. But I know she doesn't. She doesn't like to listen to a lot of news. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> some people like they just feel like, well, I'm not gonna what I'm not gonna do anything about it anyway. So why don't I just keep my headspace clear to like mm-hmm. be more present and be more kind or whatever I'm doing, you know, right here. Um, but I think we need, I, I definitely think there's like, I talk about maybe the solution is sort of just turning our back on, you know, on, um, on the whole system and whatever. But mm-hmm. I think there's, I think there's value in, in unraveling history a little bit. And, and I think there's, that's got to be part of the change is is somehow going back because there's like so much pain and shit that in so many people's lives and 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 cultures all across the world that like mm-hmm. oh it would be nice if it could be kind of just acknowledged and um and healed yeah i mean that's that's the thing is 
with history is it's 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 a collection of stories and Mm -hmm. stories i mean don't always have happy endings but the thing about it is that one of the things we have to learn from history and this is what i learned from history is society as a whole humanity as a whole all the stuff that we've gone through we've survived i mean we're all here humanity still exists yeah um we fight over dumb things um (laughs) I mean, we do. I mean, yeah. there's there's so many wars over. I mean, I, I won't go on my screed against uh, about organized religion, but there's so many wars just fought because basically somebody tapped you on the shoulder and said, see that guy over there? He's bad. Go fight him. And they go fight him. It's like and and it's just like history isn't always happy. History isn't always um fun to read i mean yeah part of the cold war i read a lot about gulags i read a lot about holocaust survivors it wasn't always fun to read but history is always useful yeah and i think that's what it comes down to whether it's you learn and and it's not like oh a lot of people think history is like okay 1492 columbus sailed the ocean blue okay i remember stuff like that and it's not it's understanding the currents and, and 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 all that stuff and um yeah if we if we all learned more had a healthy interest in other cultures and other people and other societies finding out where these things came from these ideas that we have came from Mm. we could start to unravel a lot of these walls that are that we've built up between us and then back to a question you had a long time ago about like how do we get rid of stuff like the patriot act right and it's it's ultimately and this is where i get my pie in the sky like you know uh, what do you want ponies and rainbows and all that stuff Ultimately, we're going to we have to as a human, we're, 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 we're going to do one of two things, especially with the way that climate change is going. We're either going to descend into eco fascism, which unfortunately seems to be the path we're going down, or we're going to come together. Which is what's eco fascism? All eco-fa- the poor people just get shut down. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want the clearest example. So, you know how um, people were pissing their pants over uh, the migrants at the borders. Right. And yeah. and we're and we're going to we're going to build a wall. Right. All those people came from Central American countries and areas that have been destroyed by climate change. Either mm-hmm. it's it's because their seasons have become unreliable, there's significant drought followed by significant flooding, they cannot support themselves. Right. So they're going somewhere where they can support themselves in America, in the United States, and our response to that is to build a wall and tell them to die. That right. is eco-fascism. Gotcha. That's actually that's not technically eco-fascism. That's an uh, 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 a fascist response to an eco- ecological crisis. Eco-fascism, okay. eco-fascism is like kill everybody so that um, sure. the the the, the uh, you know Mother Earth can take back over. Yes, that's right. eco-fascism. Yep. But we can either we can either descend into fascism and and build up walls and parapets or stuff, or we can do stuff like um, uh, realize that we're all in this together. We all, if the only way humanity is going to survive is together. And um, once we yeah. start realizing that and understanding that, and we get the right people with the right intent in power, then we can start to grow towards something that, I mean, it, there's not a lot of utopian futures um, like a Star Trek or something that aren't, that look a lot like ours. 
if you think about it, there are a lot of these like socialist utopias where people follow their passions and follow their dreams and all that stuff. And, and, um, all the worlds that look kind of like ours are, you know, hellscapes you got like in, in mm. science fiction, like Blade Runner or sure. uh, fifth, fifth Element. I mean, the, the right. push, the push of most of the fifth element is uh, Bruce Willis gets fired. That's a lot of the element. He gets fired <laughs> during downsizing. So it's like <laughs> if if we learn history and we learn, we're all just people trying to make our way forward. And we're right. all just if we we can break down these barriers and we can find a path forward that we don't. The best way to get rid of the Patriot Act is to not need it anymore. Right. right. Answer that 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 whole thing. That's is, is nice. It, yeah, that's the best way to get rid of it is if we don't need it, you know, it's like it comes up for renewal. And if we have the right people in power, the right people in place, the whole world is making sense. It's like, well, you know, this this destroys a lot of freedoms for a lot of people. Let's 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 not renew this. And if you, and the way to not need it is to not have any fear of like unknown peoples, basically, or exactly. It, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 Muhammad Ali. This is a quote that I cannot say directly. I'm not allowed to say one of these words. But um, when he was drafted for Vietnam, he said, you know, no Vietnamese man ever called me the N word. Uh-huh. Um, and and that's kind of what it is. It's like uh-huh. we have our own problems to deal with and sort through. We don't need to go fighting other people. And right. to realize we're all just I mean, everybody wakes up in the morning. Everybody eats breakfast and goes about their day. And it's it's just a matter of what circumstances you were put in, um, how you go about that day. You and I, by sit, being able to sit here and, and, and talk on a podcast, we're extremely privileged to not be in a situation where no. we grew up having to be a child soldier or our cities yeah. were bombed. And that's kind of the future we need. That, and and yeah. by studying history, you kind of learn that everybody's just a product of their cir- circumstances, basically. Right. Amen. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So how about that football, huh? <laughs> yeah. So <right. laughs> I was like, man, that was that was a really intense conversation that I had. And I, I put a lot of thoughts into words that I hadn't actually put out before. So thanks well, for the thank therapy you. session. Thanks for putting it on this. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what what is happening with football? There's going to be a virtual draft. Yeah. So this is wild. It's it's um. they said yesterday that, yeah, it's basically going to be like uh, if you know, our, our, like our fantasy draft where they just go through and everything's a hundred percent percent virtual and, um, everybody's in their own house. And, you know, I I'm curious what happens if somebody like drops their internet connection, like if they auto draft a punter or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, they can't get a hold of Bill Belichick in the first round and the Patriots draft some, some random punter. He accidentally had up on the screen. Yes. That does yeah. open the door to some shenanigans. That's hilarious. Yeah, and and what's funny is the NFL is all about pomp and circumstance. Like they were going to have this thing in Vegas. They're going to have uh, it in the waters at um, some hotel. They're going to have uh, draftees ride into the stage on jet skis. What? Now yeah, now it's going to be <laughs> displaying the draft room for a fantasy draft on television. You know, it's yeah. it's it's uh, it's um. It's going to be interesting. I'll, yeah. I'll just put it that way. It's it's not something that I'm very interested to watch live anymore. I'm just going to kind of right. follow it because I need to for for the job. Because I as soon as the draft is over, I have an article up on the guys who or the first round, the guys who got drafted in their fantasy football and all that stuff. So I'll be following it that way. But I mean, the season ain't going to happen, Gabe. That's that's the only thing. This season, you don't think so? 
No, there's not a chance this season is happening. Jeff, it's the NFL. I know, but all their solutions are just so, they're so half-assed. They don't make any sense. Like, they're talking about having um, players just play in the stadium with no fans in the stands. Yes. I've watched a soccer game like that. It's really spooky. Yeah, well, there was riots in Baltimore a few years ago, and they had played a baseball game with no fans in the stands because they canceled it, and they and the riots were still going on. And uh-huh. it is it is weird to watch. Like it's yeah. kind of cool because you hear everything. Yeah, you know, you hear all the chatter, but it is spooky. But the reason that doesn't work is because you've got fifty three guys on each team. You've got the entire coaching staff. You've got sure. trainers. You've got linemen, or you know, like NFL, the guys who move the chains, the chain gang. You've got the refs. Um, you've got all this support staff that still shows up yeah. and then still goes home yeah, and then still shows up and still goes home. And it's and like travels and travels and it's, it's, so you don't think it's going to be wrapped up by September. If we had had a competent response to start this whole coronavirus situation, I think it would happen. But for example, my so my my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, they take care of my wife's grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lives with them. And their doctor was like, you guys, you guys specifically, you can't go out to do anything until there's a vaccine. You're going to kill my wife's grandma. Because right. she is in her 90s. She is like the group that when they're talking about. You know, the people mm-hmm. that are going to pass away if they're not careful. That's who they're talking about. And so they told my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they're like, no gatherings mm-hmm. at all until there's a vaccine. Because you're, I mean, it's, it's, it, this doctor is a, is a little cautious um, from, from what I've heard, but it's like, I don't, they're, they're not going to have it. It's, it's not going to happen. They're going to, they're going to um, just kind of put the season on hold. Mm-hmm. Um and and go forward from there and and we're also we're kind of seeing it with baseball too baseball has just some completely half-assed proposals to like they're talking about starting the season up at the beginning of may so in three three and a half weeks and they're just gonna yeah, have every, yeah they're gonna have everybody to fly to arizona and just stay together for four months just like out in the in these like minor league baseball stadiums, they're gonna have instead of having players sit in the dugout, they're gonna have them sit six feet apart in the stands. So you have players <laughs> just like sitting in the first row of the seats, and just <laughs> and then it's like this way we can per- and and baseball is kind of unique because mostly players are spread out. But then you get the question, yeah. well, what happens if a player is on first base? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Can the first base <laughs> be close to him? And what about the catcher at the plate? Does the, do they have to like retrofit the masks? Oh to, my like, god! The catcher's mask has like a mask over it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's. I I just there there's so much liability with sports, especially like jamming sixty thousand people together in a football stadium. It's just yeah. They would rather not have it than have a season and um have it look bad. I mean, that that's, that's what yeah. football is all about is they don't want it to look bad. They don't want the product to suffer and playing in front of nobody is going to make the product suffer. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's not from a, the economy or the, you know, we're not going to be recovered by September. It's also like the draft is in three weeks and then it's um, team activity, OTAs, off season team activities and then and mini camps and the, the, camps and all this stuff i mean 
<clears throat> if they say, okay, everybody, everything's back to normal. If they say that at the beginning of July, they can't start football till late October just because right. they're run. They need players need all this stuff to get back into shape because it's true. You got to learn how to get to hit and get hit every day. You got to get, get that ramp up again. And so at that point they're talking about what an eight game season. They're oh, just going to, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to scrap the whole thing, especially because in 2021 they have a new collective bargaining agreement. So uh, they'll just scrap this one, say, you know what? Um, I, the only thing I don't know what they're going to do is with the player contracts, but yeah, I, I, I honestly think this one's getting scrapped. So will you then be able to file for unemployment? You think me? No, God, no. <laughs> Cause I'm, there won't, what if there's no season then there's no fantasy season. Yeah. It, a peek behind the curtain of my company's, uh, uh, uh finances. Um, well, one, there's not that much finances to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> two as long as there's a hope of a season um we'll be fine because we get most of our views and most of our sponsorship dollars um during the pre-draft process oh sure yeah because we have a product um it's uh the only as far as i know free now now it's now it's plug time uh free uh fully customizable cheat sheet like i can get brian in a way league settings in this um completely for free and you have to pay everywhere else. And so people like flock to the website, um, to get oh. that. Whereas instead of going to like Yahoo and they're like, you know, this guy's number one, this guy's number two. It's like, well, if your league has insane settings, like our, the league that we play in does, oh. you can, um, go get, uh, a, a cheat sheet for that. And, um, Reddit, nice. it's like, yeah, Reddit loves it. Reddit like crashes the website like three times every year. So, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's no, it's not because we, we panic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's most as long as there's a promise of a season, we'll be OK. Cool. <laughs> Once well, the season actually here. happens, that's when a lot of our output goes, because we actually pay our writers, which is not a lot of websites do that. We pay them. We we pay them for the work that they do. Wait, they're and, not robots. No, that's that's the crazy part. It's 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 weird. It's it's uh, you I just I get robots. <laughs> there there are some writing submissions I've gotten where I was like, did you just like copy and paste this from like a, a readout of statistics? It's it's <laughs> it's bizarre. But um, but it, our financials would actually look better if there wasn't a season because most of our expenditures mm. are in season. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, our, our writers would, would be in trouble. We, we we do it piecemeal. We don't do that. You know, we, we have a writer write one article a week. Okay. For a small amount of money, you know, commensurate with the amount of work that we expect them to put into it. And um, that's 16 weeks. Everything else is me and the owners. We do all the work during the off season. And cool. uh, so, yeah, actually, if there was no season, but there was a promise of the season right up until it happened, I'd be, I our finances would be in better shape. <laughs> <laughs> well there's a there's a new conspiracy theory for everybody i'm telling right everybody to cancel football but still have all your fantasy drafts okay that's that's remember i told Jeff. you that everybody has a reason for saying the things that they do that's <laughs> yeah perfect uh, but i like your bills just as an aside i i really like stefan diggs i really like josh allen i really like devin singletary i'm hopefully uh there's a season for you guys um because I, I, I like what you guys are doing up there in Buffalo. I really enjoyed watching them last year. Yeah, they're and fun. That's the thing. They're fun. They are. And they've got great defense. And I, I'm just hoping that there's a window here before my uh, 
hopefully future children are of of uh, television watching age that that I can get a get a Super Bowl championship before I have to just shut shut down my my Bills fandom completely. No, oh, yeah, you 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 don't want to encourage your kids to to. I can't football? pass it on, dude. I can't do it. I got it. Has to stop here. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 something I've wrestled with. It's it's modern day gladiatorialism. I mean, it's it's hard to and watch. It's the Bills. I mean, it's I if I was a. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. The Bills went to the Super Bowl how many times in the nineties? They had to have won one of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> hey, you know what? My team just lost what might be the last Super Bowl ever, so I got to get my licks in while I can. Oof. Dude, I yeah, I didn't talk to Joe about that. Another Niners fan. That was. I was thinking about you guys watching that game. That must have been pretty rough. Yeah, and what was double rough? So the place where I watched it, we had there was two TVs set up, but one TV was like two seconds ahead of the other one and there was and it was in the kitchen it was facing away from the main tv and we kind of set up a rule like if you see something happen on the main tv you can't or on that tv you can't react (laughs) and i was in the kitchen getting a slice of pizza when that the damian williams long run to 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 lock it in for the chiefs when that happened and i was just like (laughs) 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 like i couldn't react at all i was just like oh no oh yeah so heartbreak heartbreak it was it was a heartbreak and here's here's the fun part i challenge you to think of anything good that's happened since that super bowl's ended (laughs) (laughs) nothing good has happened since the 49ers were up 20 to 10 not a single (laughs) thing (laughs) oh that's funny well jeff it's so good to talk to you man yeah, Gabe. Sorry to rant at you for an hour and a half. Or no, no, no. This is exactly what I was hoping for. I wasn't. I, I, I didn't have a lot of preparation, and then <laughs> I was just hoping we'd, uh, we'd find something that's a little bit constructive, and I, I think we did. Yeah, learn history. It'll, it'll uh, guide us in the future. That's yeah. That's, honest, that's honestly what I believe. Well, um, I'm glad your sister's a history teacher, and maybe one day uh history teachers will get paid better or maybe you'll find a way to teach history without having to grade a bunch of papers yeah that'd be that's the dream right there just standing on a street corner just being like (laughs) excuse me excuse me sir 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 can i tell you about the great schism (laughs) you have three hours yeah do you have some time okay so it all started now and um no, but uh, shout out to teachers right now. My poor sister, they, they, they're they not allowed to give anybody any bad grades right now and nobody's doing any homework because if kids are, to- if high schoolers are told they don't have to do any work, they're not doing any. And she's still getting up every morning, uh, strapping on her, uh, her, her big girl pants and, and trying to, trying to actually teach these kids. So, and her, uh, her fiance is also a teacher and he's doing the same thing. So God big, bless yeah, big shout outs to teachers right now. They're they're doing yeah. some uh, some 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 good work and trying to make sure that our our youths are taught and um they yeah. do maybe we can just make some better history books for them to use yeah my so my, <laughs> my my sister is actually an english teacher but her fiance is a history teacher and we talk about that sort of stuff all the time to the cool. to the point that he accidentally exclaimed, exclaimed in the middle of a wine bar i love nazi germany <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so all right. <laughs> I think we'll leave it on. I love Nazi Germany. Sure, so. why not? That works. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for having me on. Let's bud. do this again. 
Yeah, no, I'm I I make my own hours. So whenever whenever works for you works for me. And if we get Joburg on, that'll work too. Yeah, I think that I'm I after listening to that, I'm I'm learned or remembered to just not giggle so much because every time it breaks up the other person's audio. <laughs> oh, no, it, it it was good. I liked it. But yeah, if we follow the Skype protocol, we could we could probably do a three way. Hey man, I'm always down for a three way. Hey, all right. Hey, we'll leave it on that. All right, I'm glad you're you're feeling good, and I hope your friend's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so too. I'm gonna see how see how he's doing when we're done. Okay. All right, man. You take care. Say hi to Kate for me, even though I, right. I don't know her. But <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye, Jeff. Bye. Bye. There you have it, folks. Jeff Crisco himself on the Painting Pictures podcast. Hope you enjoyed that chat. To see some of Jeff's writing, go to footballabsurdity.com. And if you have any questions, again, send an email to the podcast at gaberoberts at gmail.com. I'll probably ask you to come on the podcast. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, my dear friends, adios.